Hello, this is the Sheffield Hopcast episode one. We're in Bar Stewards in Shalesmoor for our pilot episode. So let's um, remove our beer coats, let's don our beer goggles and let the beer do the talking. Hi there, my name's James Marriott. This is the pilot episode of the Sheffield Hopcast, unpretentious beer talk from the Steel City. Uh, later on, we're going to be catching up with the fine proprietors of our venue tonight, which is Bar Stewards. Uh, we're going to be meeting a local brewer. Uh, and of course, most importantly, we're going to be sampling and passing judgment on some beers. Um, let's now meet our, our co-founder and co-presenter of the Hopcast, Adam Nicholson. Hello. Good evening. Um, now, you'll hear us talk quite a bit about stuff that Adam and James have been up to, which is us two. We've kind of got the good end of this because we go off and meet all kind of the breweries and get all the free beers and stuff. So, um, you know, that works, um, that works pretty well. Um, we've also got our beer panel um, and they're going to help us um, try and, and, and ultimately review six beers through the course of the next hour or so. So let's meet them. And we have a, a, a bona fide beer expert on the team. Um, everything about him says uh, says beer. He is owner of Beer Central at the Moor Market. It's Sean Clark. Good evening, James. I'm not a beer expert, by the way. You um, a, long, a long way. Well, I assume that you try every beer that comes into of your. Of course, yeah, every one that passes through. <laughs> yeah. Um, you you are generally speaking, you're kind of our chooser of and provider of of beer. So four of the beers that we've yep. got tonight have been kind of handpicked from your fine shelves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, next, he's kind of better known for writing about football than about beer, but we're getting to see a different side to him today. It's um, journalist from the Sheffield Star, Chris Holt. Hello. How are you doing? Very well. Um, you are a you're you're a beer drinker. I am. We've beer had a few beers together. Yeah, we have. Past. Yeah, we have. I don't think I um, remember very much about it. No, we different tend to drink a lot of beer rather than. <laughs> sampling small amounts and passing judgment on them. So, yeah, this is a this is a new way of, of drinking with you, James. Um, now, her Twitter bio describes her as uh, a brewery lass, beer blogger, and crazy cat lady. Yeah. <laughs> Laura Rangley. Laura, you you are also local champion for Triannuary. Yes. Which we're going to talk about a little bit more later on. Stuff. Uh, last but by no means least, um, I, I'm going to describe you here as a social media guru. Uh, I'll, more, take, I'll take that, but it's not really the case. But more, yeah, okay. more importantly, you are a beer lover, <laughs> uh, yes. and you have a cracking shirt on tonight. Thank you very much. It's very good to be uh, From uh, well, how do you want us to describe you? I don't know. Um, Dicky Owl on Twitter. I guess that's as, that as much as needs to be said. You can read the rest on there. Your claim to fame. Um, now, kind of, some of us in this group kind of know each other better than than, than others. Um, I reckon the best thing we can probably do right now is is crack open a beer, get to know a little bit more about each other. Um, so, Sean, you've kind of picked out the beers. I've picked out the order, and I think I've slightly, slightly cocked this up. So, tell us what the first beer is. that's going to be it's not um, a drinking, James. We're going to start with the strongest, which I think will probably suit Chris actually. <laughs> the way we're talking. Now. But uh, first up, we've gone international, and so uh, across to Belgium, which uh, perhaps we'll talk about later. I know we're talking about beer destinations and things, and yeah. Belgium's a personal favourite. And um, we've gone for a. Um, a dark uh, 8% beer, or uh, 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 a Belgian Donker, that's been blended with uh, cherry liqueur. It's called Castile Rouge, quite a famous beer. Easy to get pretty much in, in the UK. And so most bars, uh, decent bottle shops and pubs in Sheffield, or uh, perhaps I would either have it on keg or in bottle. Yep. Well, um, well, if you want to kind of dish that, um dish that out. I thought a nice way for us to start and maybe get to know each other from a beer point of view a little bit better uh, might be to just have a bit of a chat about kind of our sort of our review of 2017. So kind of favourite beer of the year, um, maybe favourite venue and I suppose favourite new venue as well. And I mean, Laura, I'll come to you first on this because you wrote an entire blog on this very subject in the last week. I did, yes. Our golden pints of the year. came out recently. Um, I'm sure there'll be some that I've forgotten. Quite a lot of beer last year, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, but um, definitely plenty of highlights to choose from in there. 
Um, I think two of my favourites have both been from the same brewery, which is Fierce from uh, up in Aberdeen. Right. Um, I've been absolutely loving some of the stuff that they've been doing, particularly the fruited things, which uh, so having a cherry beer first is, is nice. Um, their tropical tart was um, outstanding. That um, good. Just absolutely, completely hit the nail on the head. Uh, and Kranachan Killer as well, which is a, a beer inspired by the dessert Kranachan, so it's raspberries, creamy, a little bit of a kick there that's to emulate the, the whiskey as well, so really excellent that beers. Sounds good. What about venue bars? Well, I actually drank both of those in the same place, which is one of my favourite venues. Uh, the Beer Engine um, at the end of London Road, uh, which has been open for a couple of years now, I think, and uh, always a great beer selection, which has improved since they opened, and um, really good food as well to go with it. In terms of like new venue, kind of the best place that, that you've discovered in the last 12 months? Honourable mention for uh, here at the Bar Stewards of course yep. um, and I've uh, really enjoyed the old workshop as well in similar part of town to here um, both of which have really added a lot more value to what was already a pretty decent pub roll let's not lie <laughs> uh, but yeah having a couple of new up and coming venues uh, to go with Shakespeare's, Keller Island Tavern and Fat Cat you know, more established beery destinations I think is a great thing for the city. <laughs> Adam, obviously you do a bit of bee blogging as well, and you drink yeah. plenty of the stuff. I try to, yeah. yeah. What, what are kind of your pick out? Um, I was thinking about it actually, I think it's quite been quite a hard year. I think a lot of brewers have really up the game, um, so it's kind of picking from a really big pool of awesome beers. So I was thinking about one I've had quite recently, um, which caught my eye more on the can more than anything, which is the um, Northern Monk and Wildland Brewery collaboration, which is, I like to move it, move it. Um, <laughs> They've called it a double D hot dipper. Double dry hot. Yeah, well, or, or double D in the uh, right, moves. Yes, of course. <laughs> yeah. um, so you, for, for the benefit of the tip, you're missing the hand signals. <laughs> the, uh, I'm kind of, I, apparently, I read some things. It was it's a bit of a stab at the kind of clickbait articles about IPAs giving men yeah. breasts. Um, so the artwork's quite funny. It's a, <laughs> it's, a, it's a yellow can with some kind of black and white hand-drawn old men with in, no clothes at all dropped on it after the um, IPA sort of weekend they'd had over at um, Cross the Road um, uh, Shakespeare's, um, which is really good. Um, heard lots about it on Facebook groups and stuff, so I thought, you know, give it a go, give it a go. That's a really solid, modern sort of IPA. Um, I've got a couple of other beers which I thought I'd mention, which I've had this year. Um, in the summer I went to, my first time been to Books and Tap, it was, it's not like a new beer, but they had their ice cream pale on there, which is a collaboration with Omnicola, which is a Swedish brewery for people. Is it Swedish, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think they actually, they actually use Buxton as their, like, they do, yeah, brew yeah. beers, Omnicola are a, a brew company, so don't have their own brewery. They've got a cuckoo um, brewery, kind of Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah okay. and so Buxton are their, their closest one to where we are now. Yeah, so it wasn't particularly having that beer there, it was that they had um, what they call a soft serve on, which uh, essentially is a slush puppy machine with beer in it. Um, it wasn't actually the ice cream pail they had in, had in, the, in the machine, it was the lemon meringue version of the ice cream pail. So while I was there I had half of the ice cream pail with uh, a, basically a slush puppy topped ice cream thing of the meringue version which kind of thought well, I'm it's not a, really going to... It's a perfect Instagram picture. It is. It is. It sounds hipster as hell, but like, it's <laughs> really unique. Well. My wife has loved it as well. Go I'm on. getting ideas now, now, because the kids, <laughs> the kids have just had both of them at Christmas, a slush puppy machine. Get the beer in it. So, right, there's beer going in there. <laughs> there we go. Next 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 you just shove beer in a slush puppy machine. Well, it's it's I'm going to try it. Well, I suppose it's not that alcoholic that it doesn't freeze, so if you think about vodka, that probably doesn't really freeze, because the amount of alcohol in it stops it freezing. But with it being what six, seven, eight percent, maybe is the other polar ones. Yeah, I'll bring it along to the podcast and we'll just yeah. sit there yeah. and yeah. with it. And finally, this is one that I, I wouldn't say it was like my favourite beer, but it, I think it just kind of opens up for a little bit of conversation. And it was called Random Name Generator. It's from Tiny Rebel. Yeah. Yeah. It was a pale black IPA. So if anybody understands what that pale means, black. yeah, yeah. So <laughs> essentially, you have your, your black IPAs okay. are quite standard now which is uh, a black ver a, 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 a visual, visually black beer which is in the style of an oh, IPA cool. which tends to be a slightly more roasted sort of quality but has the hop kick. Fruity hop. Yeah. 
So what they've done is they said, well, why, if we can turn an IPA black, why can't we turn a black IPA pale? So essentially you were drinking a, a visually pale beer, yeah. which roasted, tried to taste like a roasted beer. IPA. Um, it was like, it was good. It, I, I understand. I was kind of like eye rolling when I saw it on the bar, um, but you drink it and you kind of go, yeah, how pretentious or weird that is. That I, I understand what you've tried to achieve and I think they achieved it. Um, like I said, it wasn't my favourite beer, but I thought it was kind of an interesting, Honorable mad kind of, this, is, that, is that where we're going now? Are we going to do a black, pale, black IPA? It's interesting, one brewery over in Scarborough that, that I'm going to mention in a second, in a second there, they use the, the, the session IPA that's, been, that's yeah. been created over the last few years. And so they did a, a session dipper, a session double IPA, which in effect was, was an IPA. <laughs> or, so you could almost go all the way, a yeah. session triple IPA would be a double IPA and all the way down. My, um, I was telling Adam, my locals started selling uh, white chocolate stout, which is just your standard pale ale yeah. colour. It doesn't even taste like a stout. What makes it a stout? I don't know. I suppose I don't it's a similar thing where it has a kind of slightly, <coughs> slightly roasted yeah. kind of yeah. on it. I suppose, shall I move on to my favourite venues? I suppose. Um, in terms of beers and breweries, I think that the Shakespeare is always pretty hard to beat, really. Um, and that's been the case since the last two years, maybe. I mean, they got, well, I don't know how long it's been reopened for, but in the last, definitely last couple of years. Five years. Yeah, because it's a long um, they seem to pride. They, they, you can always find something on there that you'll generally not find many places. We, we should explain again that you're sat opposite. We are sat opposite. <laughs> <laughs> your eyes, your eyes are full of love. Me and James have just come from it. Um, well, I wonder why you were drooling a little bit. Were you? <laughs> but, but you know, they, they, they have they have really interesting things that you don't get at other places. It's priced really bloody well and. I'd always like honourable mention to Polly Rutland Arms as well, which is, I think um, offers a similar kind of thing really, where they have really good cask stuff, really good keg stuff, maybe it's not quite as well priced, um, but I think they're kind of my favourite venues, ones that have been here and established venues. Best new venues, the old workshop over in Neepsend, Kellam Island, just over the road, has been just a bit, a bit refreshing really. If you're going to go just on beer alone, and that's what the podcast for, not trying to be biased, but I think Bar Stewards has a ticket again for me, I'm afraid for the, another one, another ticket for the Bar Stewards for me. Okay. Um, Rich? Um, yeah, I think I've, um, as far as beers are concerned, there's a couple that I've kind of, there's a one good old favourite that I love and I can't wait for um, 31st of October, so 1st of November every year, and that's Belgian Blue. I absolutely love Belgian Blue. You can't, can't speak highly of it. I'm kind of a, Sheffield born and bred, so I'm really into local stuff. That's really kind of what, what I'm about and what my business is about. And so kind of anything local is kind of what I'll go migrate to instantly. But my new one in the last 12 months was actually introduced to myself by you, James. Oh, right. Elvis Juice. Oh, yeah. Elvis Juice is now a staple of the fridge. And available in supermarkets. Yes, it is. It is a bit commercial, I get that, but it's just, I just kind of like a, it's a grapefruit thing. As far as venues are concerned, I suppose another old favourite of mine is New Barrack Tavern. Absolutely love going down there. Don't spend as much time there probably as you should because I live a bit further away from it now, so it'd be a taxi ride rather than a stagger. Um, and and, and Stefan Kevero is uh, really welcome, and you know that as well, James. Yeah. You know how, uh, how good they are. With, Absolute uh, legends. They are. They are. They're, they're, they're really. They're really nice people. They have a farmer's bond on keg. Yeah, it yeah, is. Fizzy blonde, they call it Bradfield, or officially blonde extra. Be, uh, <laughs> um, and and suppose new venue. It's really that new. It's just opened up again really recently, and and it's kind of the the model that that they that, that Stansell Brewery use. I quite like and the street food and the, you know the locally brewed beer and the gins and whatever. So uh, the gins do take a cane in, uh, every now and then and put an open arms. Uh, which is literally, which is staggering distance from my house. So it's a little bit different. So the last few months since I've moved out, so I spent quite a lot of time in there and I enjoy it going in there, and, uh, despite it being cold at times. But uh, it's, uh, it's uh, yeah, I drink a lot of the, a lot of the Stansel beers and, and the gin. Uh, Chris? I was trying to think what, what I've drunk that is new this year, and I haven't drunk as much this year as I did last year. I actually went through my Instagram to have a look and see, because normally if I try something new, I'll, I'll put it up. And it was, it was 
not as many on there as, as in previous years. I've tended to not take as many risks this year. Right. So I won't do that this year. I'm going to try more. Having said that, the f- my favourite this year was, and, and this was a bit strange because I'm not actually, I know I'm, I'm falling out of stereotypes here, I'm not a big stout fan, and but I did like um, a wiper and true milkshake, which is a bit of a sturdy type. Actually, I actually had that um, last night. They, yeah, and, well the thing was, it was, bought, it was bought for me by someone in work because it done something above and beyond, let's say, so she left this bottle on my desk and I thought, I, you know, I had looked at that and thought, I'm not too sure about it, but again, like everything that I like, I was attracted by the bottle, and, <laughs> and I, I, I like that, very, very classy, but yeah, that was probably my favourite, more so, as I say, because I was a bit surprised by it, because, as I say, I'm not a, a huge stout fan. Um, I tend to, as Sean will tell you, if I ever bought something new that I wasn't too sure of, I always got a couple of Bradfield Sixers. Uh, <laughs> just, just to make, well, a safety net. As a safety net, just in case I get something and I go, oh, I don't like that, it's ruminating. So I'll always have a Sixer. We'd have to do one of these under for me up in the dog's head because it's like two pound a pint. Yeah, well, that, no, it's, I always use that as my, as my backup, so I, I'll, I'll always like that. Sadly, there's a few I've had this year where I've actually forgotten the name of, but I've grown very um, accustomed and very fond of very sour tart type. I had mm-hmm. Thornbridge tart, I only had this year for the first time. Yeah, and that, from that point of view and that perspective of, because it, I'm getting into that side of thing, that was probably my favourite from that perspective. What about venue wise? I'd actually forgotten until you, you both mentioned it there. We went to the old workshop in the in the summer and I really liked it in them because it's sort of as you said, it has a nice feel about it and because because there's nothing really any around it, you sort of feel like you can just pile onto the street a little bit and there's a nice sort of atmosphere and you just sort of lounge around outside and stand around I and think, I think and that's something I could have felt it would be like kinda of would have been to Budapest. Feels a bit like a ruin bar, but it's kind of done tastefully, done, yeah. done well. And I think I think that's kind of where. And the, the beers were really nice, and it is expensive. I'll say that, but um, <laughs> okay, it is it is very nice. And Itchy Peak on um, yeah, in and um, I've only been in a couple of times, and I probably will go in there a little bit more this year as well. I've never been. I've confessed. I've never been, been a couple of times. I've my haircut. I still have my haircut up in um, in Ranmore, where I used to live like hang on, seven years ago. Feel really guilty about stop going there. So Isn't that weird though. You, like, you, know, you always go back to the place you've always been, wherever you live. <laughs> but you know, oh, well, well, you've got hair left, you do. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you've got, got advertising now. Where do you go? Boudoir. No, you know. I have been been known to try. Actually, I'm a little bit earlier at the place. Dip in this place. I didn't engineer that. Sorry, boudoir. Smelling a beer. Well, I like serve beer, they give me a free beer when I go back. You kind of raise your eye, eyebrows and you say it's all boudoir. Sean, you're, I mean, you are like the defining expert on all this. I'm going to do mine first. You're in trouble. Go on then. Um, so, um, I, a little bit like Chris actually, I've become quite obsessed with sours this year. Um, but strangely, when I kind of drew up kind of my favourite, probably top three beers, there weren't any sours in it. And it's mainly because of kind of other other reasons why these beers have stood out to me. So one beer that I've really fell in love with this year is the Wild Beer Company Pogo, which is a passion fruit, orange and guava pale ale. Um, and that's because I think I had my first pint of it last January. Um, and I'd seen them tweet about this, this beer and thinking, I'm really into fruity beers. And I thought, I would love that. Um, and it's while I was actually in Nottingham on my way to a football match. Uh, and I remember thinking then, I've got to try and find this beer. Um, and then after the game, we walked into a pub in Nottingham and they had it on tap in that pub. So that's what we drank for the rest of the afternoon in, um, in, in Nottingham. And then kind of randomly through the year, I've kind of seen it in places, like a few places in Cannes, um, up to the point where about two weeks ago, my local, which is the Les Car, um, they've just got it on, um, on keg now. So it's a beer that I've kind of rediscovered at several points through the year. 
and every time I have it, I just think it's just such a nice beer. It's a really nice beer, and it's only four percent, so it's kind of like it's a sessionable beer as well. So a mention for that, um, a mention for. This is one that you've had in, in cans a few times. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wild Child Opaque Reality, yeah, yeah. which is very good. Uh, yeah. Mango and passion fruit milkshake IPA, yeah. um, and it's um, it's quite strong as well, isn't it? It's got it a is. bit of kick to it, um, and I think the reason that I love it is because it makes absolutely no sense. It's mango passion fruit milkshake IPA. Like none of those mango and passion fruit probably work together. But none of those words actually make any sense together at all. And would it be too strong? We should cheat that out for you, James. And it's, yeah. it's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I've had that on cask, keg, and can as well, and it's worked just as well oh, across right. three. And that's that's very rare. That is an expert. Yeah. It's quite rare to find a beer that, that does work that in, carries across in all those. That's a good point actually, because Pogo that I mentioned before, I've had on cask. It didn't work doesn't work mm. as a flat beer, it needs that fizz, that carbonation mm. and that temperature, it needs to be really cold for that to um, for that to work. Kira at uh, Wild Child just uh, secured uh, some uh, investment for the future and is, is now, I saw pictures of him building his new cold store the other day, brand new brewery, so uh, um, expansion is, is on the way, 2018 definitely. I know very so. little about that brewery, I mean I've had a couple of their beers and thought they were really Yeah, one, one man brewery, Kira, is that right? yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, is, that, is, that, is that central in Leeds? Um, outskirts of Leeds. Out near uh, yeah, but to, uh, um, um, all in place now for them to really develop and grow during so, 2018. So look out for some of their beers. Definitely. Yeah, you'll year, see a lot. You'll, yeah. you'll see a lot more of their beer available just through the capacity to be able to brew. Awesome. That's good. That's good. Um, the beer I've actually picked out as my favourite of the year. Um, it's probably quite random outside of the other two. But it's the Brewdog and Abbeydale um, collaboration called Conscience. Um, and the reason I picked it, partly because Mango and Lychee um, New Zealand Pale Ale is it's beautiful, but as rich and um, crisp will remember, this is the beer that Brewdog was selling through the Tramlines weekend. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. Um, and it was, I mean, it was a gorgeous, beautiful, sunny weekend, and we spent most of it. Um, on kind of Division Street having yeah, uh, yeah. beers and I, I kept going back to Brewdog to buy times. a pint of that. So I just associate it with sunshine and friendship and talking absolute bollocks for hours and hours on end. And you're so good at that. Uh, <laughs> I only passed that once through Tramlines weekend and I made, it, I made it there every day and it's the first Tramlines that I've actually made it two tramlines every single day through the weekend and normally miss at least one day in bed with a hangover. So I also associate it with being quite proud of myself. Was it also a collaboration with a band? Alvarez Kings. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it was like I know the guy who does it works a lot with them and yeah. name fell out of my head. And I also loved it because it was like four and a half percent and I've, I've realised over the last couple of years that I'm quite a lightweight. So a beer that kind of tastes really nice but isn't that strong. I, I really, I, I really like well. that as well. I think that's a really good call, that one. It's because something that's up and coming at the moment as well is getting your really flavourful, low ABV yeah. beers that you can kind of stay on and have a session all day. Yes. So. Like it's like a classic summer beer, that really. Yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> Venue-wise, then, um, I've my favourite venue, to be fair, for, for years and years, my favourite venue has been the Sheffield Tap. Um, and for various reasons, partly for beer reasons, and also because you know I do quite a lot of football away days and stuff, so it's generally where you kind of you start and you end your, your day out day. Or, <laughs> on the train. Um, but it's been picked, and actually I'm, I'm, I've picked the same place as Laura, Beer Engine, um, and that's for two reasons. Partly because of their choice of beer, and especially over the last 12 months, their range of sours, which have been excellent. Um, but also because um, in the last 12 months, they've actually started selling everything in one-third and two-third measures. So every time you go in beer engine, it's a bit like going to a beer festival. You can just have everything in one-third measures, which means you can try so many different beers without racking up a huge bar bill and without you know, kind of forgetting your own name after the first two or three. Because uh, a lot of the sours that, that they get on there tend to be quite strong. Uh, but you know, really, really nice beers. So I've got to give you know a, a big up to kind of Carl and the team there for for what the direction they've gone in over the last certainly 12 months. Um, in terms of it does feel like going to beer engine is like going to a beer festival, and that's you know that's that's no mean achievement for any um, for any venue. My favourite new venue, I've got to say, it is it is the one that we're sitting right now, and there's no doubt about that. You know, I think this place is absolutely wonderful. Um, but I'm going to give an honourable mention as well to a place which is, um, it's only a couple of minutes from, from where I live, um, and I don't know how, how many of you actually have had a chance to, to go there yet, but that's the Ecclesall Ale Club, 
which is run by uh, the Brew Foundation, which James. is uh, yeah, James. James, of, yeah, it's uh, is it a father and son? Yeah, James team? and John. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is I've been a big fan of their um, their their beers. I think they do really good simple beers that uh, you know have really kind of clear taste to them. Um, but I just uh, you know I love what um, what they've done there, and it's kind of I'd say it's two minutes from where I live, and I've got this almost like route now of like micro pubs in a you know, walking distance of my house, which is uh, which is brilliant. So an honourable mention for that. Um, as I said, Sean, you are kind of like, you know, the... We've been building up to this, you're, you're, you're going to make us all look silly. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. Don't don't like, like, yeah, 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 <laughs> In terms of... Uh, I go through a year, and generally, my two preferred um, styles of beer that tend to sort of affect me most would be very hoppy IPAs or real dark, dangerous, dirty stouts. And uh, generally, I go through a year finding the hoppier beers much more satisfying. So, I prefer to drink them, drink lots of them, get lots of satisfaction, but sometimes fail to distinguish at the end of a year, fail to distinguish much between that one and this one and that one and this one. And so, whilst I find those more satisfying, I find the big uh, stouts much more memorable and I can take myself back to a big stout in a particular venue in a particular place much more easily than I can a, a, a double IPA or a, a, a triple IPA somewhere. So two breweries collaborated uh, on a beer that was on cask at Shakespeare's and there's been one or two pubs locally, we've had it on bottle as well and it was North Riding Brewery from Scarborough and Five Towns Brewery from Wakefield, Malcolm and uh, uh, Stuart, and it's Fudge Brownie Stout, and 7.4%, uh, a double mash technique uh, uh, that they used, a little bit of magic in there as well, a bit of omnipolar magic, if I, if I dare say, uh, uh, some, and, and just a, a stunning beer, delivered everything that you would expect from something called Fudge Brownie Stout. What about venue-wise? Where's um, I caught your eye on that? Um, th three mentions, perhaps. Uh, one, one I I'd love to mention. Uh, it's a once-a-year venue for us all, and that's Kellam Island Museum. Uh, Sheffield Beer Festival yeah, yeah. Has, has really made that its home now over the last is it three years? It's been it's down there now. now. <coughs> such a such a good uh, thing to move there. It's been terrible for a few years. Yeah, the the Ponds Forge. Uh, uh, um, train wreck. Festivals, yeah, lacked atmosphere, lacked, lacked everything a festival should have. And so uh, I find Killam Island Museum and it's different little bars and different little areas. You can be part of a massive festival, five minutes later you can be tucked away into a little bar and be part of a smaller, more intimate festival. So um, Torchwood, that will remain down there for years to come. And uh, Sheffield Camera should be congratulated. They're one of the most forward-thinking uh, camera branches in the country. Camera gets some bashing nowadays, actually, particularly within the sort of craft beer scene. But Sheffield should get no bashing at all. Very forward-thinking, cask, keg, uh, international bottles and cans. They cover all the bases there. Um, Pub-wise, bar-wise, I've not yet been in Ecclesall Ale Club, but our next bottle share is in there in a couple of weeks' time. And every person that I've spoken to so far, uh, including yourself, James, Laura, this evening as well, are giving it absolute fantastic reviews. So uh, it looks like James really has uh, nailed it. So I'm looking forward to going down there in a couple of weeks. My favourite pub, though, in Sheffield um, is Rotten Diamonds. It's nice and convenient, five minutes away from where I work, between there and the station. And um, always been a favourite. Brilliant food from Chef Rico, and always had a great range of cask and keg. But um, I think since Chris and Kate have also gone in there, they've added their little bit of magic as well. I love the jukebox as well, and I love the the abuse people get <laughs> on the wrong track at the time. I just uh, on, on the end. Of the <coughs> In the last couple of days, it just it sounds really boring and weird, but like I walked in, like what the hell? Have you, something's changing here. I can't put figure. And what they've done is they've got new pubs. new pubs. Yeah, yeah. So all the cask is on one side, and all the keg are nice and really like very organised. And it feels, it sounds really strange, but it feels like someone's just. 
tidied the entire pub. Yeah. And it isn't. It's just the bar's really cleanly yeah. aligned. So you've no longer got four on four cask on one end and then four round a corner you can't see. Mm. And new jukebox. They've got new fancy jukebox. Have they? Yeah, it's like oh, the old right. school style. It's, 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 a, it's a new old one. It yeah. looks like an old... It looks a bit like the British one of the Shakespeare's. It's, it's, well, it's, it's a touchy right. one, yeah. Right. Good stuff. I think we've all finished our... Um, it was really nice. Rouge, which is a very nice beer. The yeah. cherry really comes through. It doesn't taste that strong, strong either. No, it doesn't. I think lethal, that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think that's the problem. I would kind of expect it to be more like an amber, an amber, like a, you know, like kind of dark, yeah. rather than a fruity style, but it's much fruitier. Than I like it as a bit of an escape beer when, when I'm in Belgium. <laughs> I've got to admit that I love Belgium and love going, and I like the context of drinking Belgian beers in Belgium, but I can get fed up of them pretty quickly and that yeastiness and I find that type of beer a nice get out beer di- a different sort of flavour and style so I use that as my uh, my sixer, Chris has got his sixers as his get out beer at home that's my get out beer in Belgium <laughs> that's funny right our second beer that uh, we're going to enjoy on the first episode of the Sheffield Hotcast has actually been provided by our pub of the month, our venue tonight uh, Bar Stewards um, and this is uh, Northern Monk beer <coughs> Uh, this sounds amazing. It's a blueberry and mosaic black IPA. I've not tried this before actually. It's 7%. We're going to dish this out between us um, as, um, as we get to find out a little bit more about our venue tonight, Bar Stewards. So Al and Charlie, we're here at, uh, at Bar Stewards, our first venue on the, uh, the Sheffield Hopcast, right. which is um, probably a lot more exciting for us than it is for you. Um, <laughs> Now, you kind of, you, you seem to me like um, two guys that are probably not Sheffield born and bred. That's definitely right. No, that's right, yeah. I've lived here for a while. I've been in Sheffield for, I think it's 14 years coming up for now. Um, I went to uni in Derby and just graduated in 2003. And myself and my wife and my girlfriend at the time were just looking for somewhere to stay. And we thought we'd give Sheffield a punt for a year. And 14 years later, I'm, I'm still here. Got the accent as well. Haven't lost it yet. So, <laughs> although I've been accused of faking it on several occasions, people come in here and genuinely say that I I can't be that Welsh. And I'm like, yeah, I am. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I don't know. But yeah, like the world's greatest actor. Uh, yes. No. Definitely. Definitely not that. So where where did you two kind of first meet? Uh, well, I, I when I moved to Sheffield uh, after a couple of years, I joined a band, a big group of friends. That I was a part of, so we kind of met around there about nine years ago. So uh, now you're definitely not from Wales, are you? No, I'm from Hampshire, but I mean, we're, we're called brothers all the time, which is bizarre. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> bearing, bearing in mind that my actual brother works for us, <laughs> yeah. and that no one ever compares us to at all. So. No, honestly, the amount of people that come in and they're like, uh, oh, "I spoke to your brother yesterday." I was like, "Well, my brother lives in Cheltenham, so I don't think you did." And it's like, "No, no, no. You, you know, the other lad with a beard that works here." And it's like we haven't. We haven't even got the same nationality. I know we've got hair and faces and beards, but I think, you know, it's yeah, it's the it's Irish dads ridiculous. thing. It's the Irish dads. It is thing. the Irish dads. Yeah, is. we might be related. We don't yeah, know. Well, that's that's the thing. But if, if my Irish dads anything to go by, <laughs> Irish dads and beards. That's yeah. probably what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, what does it? Um, so, um, how how do you then find yourself um, setting up a, a micro pub in in kind of West Bar? Um, well, we'd, uh, we'd kind of formed a, a mobile bar company um, a couple of years ago. Um, didn't really do much with it, to be honest. We did a couple of gigs. Um, just because we'd, we'd seen that there was like a gap in the market, where I'd been to a few weddings where, which had had um, bars put on, and it was just rubbish. You know, you're talking, you know, AB and Bev stuff, Guinness, Foster's. Um, and I saw kind of a market where you could go and actually provide a service. We were um, just in the area looking for... We were actually looking at cards around the corner to put on, like, a music event um, that we could have a bar set up and, you know, Charlie could get his hands on a few bands to play for us. Um, we arranged to meet at the Shaky, and I just glanced over and realised there was a... Uh, you know, these shops were available. I hadn't seen them open for ages. They'd been boarded up for years and years and years. So I had a quick glance through the window and thought, yeah, do you know what, that's a, that's a wicked-looking space. Took Five, well, yeah, yeah, it took us about two months to actually view the place because our landlord was in, in Dubai, like, kind of racing buggies in sand dunes or something. Um, so, um, so, yeah, we just kind of saw an opportunity. I mean, the Shaky, Shakespeare's is, like, one of our favourite pubs in Sheffield. Um, arguably one of the one of the best keg lines up on a regular basis. Very, very good cask selection. 
Um, and you know, it's it's one of the pubs in Kellam that well, I know it's not in Kellam, but in that Kellam area that I'll go to on a regular basis because I know that it's they don't have the norm. Obviously, they have things like uh, they have a couple of core beers which they have on all the time, but you can pretty much guarantee you'll go in there and find something you know that you've not seen before, something you'll go, yeah, I definitely want to drink that. So you know, aspirational wise, we kind of looked at and thought, well, maybe we could do something like that on a smaller scale there's nothing other other than that I mean when we first opened obviously things like the uh, um, the uh, what's it called the uh, well, workshop hadn't hadn't opened up at that point um, so we were looking at it thinking you know if we could bring a bit more keg variety in the area and try and uh, cater for people like that um, to the point now where we've kind of created a bar there that we drink in that, I think that's primarily what we wanted to do is you know we've we've we left get a chance to go to any other no well that's true as so well. it may as well be putting on the beer that we want to drink yeah. eh? so. well, we've left here on several occasions and just gone where do you want to go and oh we've just God. gone I just want to go back inside <laughs> of my own bar because um, you know we we're, we're proud of the beers we put on you we, we, we think we've got a very very good solid selection of cask and keg you know a lot of the stuff um, we have on. We'll we'll often be one of the first ones in the area to to stick it on because we don't have a massive cellar that we can store stuff. So when we buy it, it goes on pretty much pretty the much same the same yeah. day, the same week. Um, we kind of fly through stuff here. It's uh, it's, it's quite good. Right? I was going to ask that really about um, in in terms of the beers that you have on. Kind of sort of how how independent are you, and how do you decide what what Fully. to kind of get in? Fully, I think the thing is, is that I mean, I grew up in the trade and worked in many bars, including places like Weatherspoons, where obviously you're supporting AB and InBev more than you support in any locality. So it's quite important for us to be supporting microbreweries, local breweries, and really trying to sort of put our own sort of. You can't really put your own sort of stamp on what you like if you're tied. So I think the opportunity to take this place on as a free house since that whole micro pub revolution has made it seem possible that you can do something like this. It was always going to be about that. Yeah. And that goes as far as our spirit lines as well. I mean, we try and... If we see it in a major supermarket, we're less likely to buy it. Yeah. And I think that... Because at the end of the day, it's just so readily available, we'd rather be in that situation. The added bonus for us is, is that we don't put anything on that we don't drink. So we tend to just, like, smash loads of beers yeah, yeah, down on a regular basis, which yeah. is wicked. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, as far as picking breweries is concerned, we... Obviously, keep an eye out and see what um, what breweries are popular. You know, there's a couple of uh, well-known forums on Facebook, for example, that uh, we keep an eye on and just see you. You know, what what styles are, are doing well at the moment. You know, there's there's other, obviously we're in this neck of the woods, but there's plenty of good breweries down Bristol Way, down Cornwall Way, uh, a couple in Wales. There's Manchester. You know, there's a whole there are Leeds. There's a whole swathe of great breweries there. We obviously try and visit and, 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 and put on, but we're lucky in the fact, you know, there is this... Yeah, business trips. Yeah, yeah. yeah though our last one to Manchester was particularly businessy. Businessy? If you, if really you, if you, if you If you count me spewing over a balcony at, like, three in the morning business, <laughs> yeah. then, yeah, it's awesome. I think what you need next time is maybe someone to represent a local podcast that joins oh, yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, you know, that's, uh, we, you know yeah. there's loads, loads of things that we want to do. I mean, we're, we're called the Bar Stewards. Was, was never meant to be the name of the bar. The Bar Stewards is, is me and Charlie. It's, it's nothing. You know, we, we, we just happened to put some, um, some of the vinyl banners we had made up with the Bar Stewards on, and then everyone started calling it the Bar Stewards. So it kind of, it kind of stuck. Yeah. Um, the Bar Stewards was always meant to be us two, um, but also. With with the kind of notion that anyone can be a bar steward, really, you can, you know, we want to organise trips to and breweries, it, and, and inevitably are. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. you know, some people have wandered in and just literally called us the bastards, so that's that's fine. I can. Oh yeah, Sean calls us the bastards all the time. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, with that with that in mind, there's there's loads of other things that we want to do with with the name. We, you know, we were talking earlier today about organising trips down to breweries. You know, inviting people along to us because you know we we know how to how to have a have a good time. Probably too too much of a good time, really. But um, 
Um, now, obviously, um, we're in here tonight doing doing the uh, the first Hopcast, and um, very nice of you guys. You weren't you weren't planning to be open tonight, so you've kind of opened the door, especially for us. We're doing um, line clean and drinking. That's pretty much it. I was going to say, it seems like you've got a bit of work going on. So, um, you know, what what kind of things are you up to at the moment, and what kind of plans have you got for the year ahead? What's 2018 got in store for Bar Stewards? Main thing is um, is to unleash the courtyard. Uh, we we've got a nice little sun trap of a garden that we're going to try and get readily available for the spring summer months um nice space that we have out there uh increasing our bottle shop range and really trying to push the off license part of the bar we're going to put on some little bits of grub and we're going to start doing a few little food events out back so we'll try and get some pop-up street food chefs and things like that so i think the main thing is is that we'll we'll start recruiting more as we go on with the year me and al can really sort of focus on doing the more events and like trying to get a little bit more entertainment things and like that because I mean work, working in a bar is a full time job it's very hard to work on it if you're in it so we're really trying to make that the step this year yeah. um, we've also got other things in the pipeline such as a event company uh, we're looking to get mobile bars made up um, so again uh, looking at getting involved in local events I mean we've done Peace in the Park for the last two years um, so we're looking at maybe going to kind of larger festivals uh, available for weddings, bar mitzvahs, funerals. Funerals, I definitely do. Funerals, yeah, 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 we'd, yeah. We'd, we'd be up for that big time. Um, which, yeah. <laughs> lots of stouts, surely. Yeah, the yeah, darker the beer, the better. Stouts and like, and like yeah, Irish whiskey. Pale, pales and sours. <laughs> Sours would work. Sours would work. Um, I don't really want my last question to kind of be a, a, a negative, but it's kind of the more serious of the things that I've kind of asked you about, really. Which is, while we've been here in the last half hour, you've had a visit from the for the police. I know the last two or three months have kind of not been without their challenges for you guys, have they? Yeah, it's been it's been fairly rubbish. Yeah, it's um, we just had a, a kind of a bit of a bit of a burglary spate in the area really I mean to be to be honest we've, we've not been the only ones affected there's been a lot of similar businesses to us that have all, all been hit by what looks like the same yeah the same person as well um, so from our point of view obviously we're, in, we're a new business we've only been going full time since July you know we were doing pop-ups since October but you know July was our proper starting point and you know, if you factor in the, point, the fact that we've got a new business, we've obviously got overheads that we've got to pay for, and then some—I don't know if I can swear on this podcast, so I won't—but some or some dickhead wanders up and kicks your door That's in. Quite polite. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, worse. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, worse is it going on in my head? I'm just trying to be like <laughs> diplomatic about. Um, yeah, when some yeah dickhead comes and boots your front door in, and literally is in you for 45 seconds, it takes an envelope full of bloody receipts. Um, you know, I'd rather he'd have fucking nicked the fridge or something, really. At least he could have gone, you know, fair play. Or if he'd have just stood under a keg tap and emptied it, he'd yeah. have gone, saluted him and gone, you know, thanks. But, yeah, it's... Yeah, it's just a bit of a kick in the teeth that's, when, you, when you're trying to set your business up. by the way. No, no, that isn't, like, yeah. Kick, manage to kick our door in, get a free keg. It doesn't work yeah, out yeah. like that. No, it's... Um, yeah, it's just hard enough to start up anyway without then having some plum just come along and nothing twice about you know the people involved in the business you know it's obviously it's myself and charlie but you know we've we've pumped all the money that we've got into this you know this is you know we've both got wives we've both got families it's not like you know somebody came in when we first doing a pop-up stuff and said like oh is this the bank of mummy and daddy paying for this and i almost roundhoused him honestly you're just like no this is two lads who are working really hard to try and make a business and and, and also you know we we're passionate about this. We love we love beer. We like we like meeting people. We like serving people. You know, we we could easily have set this up as a little sports bar with a bloody you know screen in the corner showing Carly yeah Carlin and Fosters yeah. and Guinness and you know our, our bloody Jaeger bombs for the dickheads coming in off the street. But you know it's not what we're about. We're about trying to get hold of the best beer we can and and trying to join in the already really good beer community that there is in in Sheffield. Um, like I said, I've, I'm not from Sheffield, I'm not English even, but I've lived here for 14 years and uh, like it's rapidly approaching the point where I've lived in England than I, longer than I ever lived in, in Wales and I really like Sheffield. I mean, I'm, both my kids were born here, they both go to school here. Yeah, I just like the fact that I've got a, a nice little business here kicking along and hopefully we won't have to... You know, own, fool, own fools after they break yeah, in because we're, we're too, we are proper tooled up now. <laughs> just, just as a warning to anyone in the area, 
tooled up. You will, you yeah, you will regret yeah, it. It's, so. yeah, it's, 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 it's just a toilet, a toilet brush in there. <laughs> yeah, something <laughs> unwashed one, an unwashed one, something yeah. like that. Yeah. I suppose if anybody's not been here yet, I mean, you've been open kind of about a year now. What kind of beers do they expect? Um, it's big, pale, hoppy, melt your face off. Yeah, yeah that's, 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 the, that's the that kind of that we go for. Melt your face. Melt off your face hops. off. No, it's it no. that way. We're, we're you know we've got a broad range. We we've got um, stouts. We've got porters. We've got sours. We've got we have a lager for anyone that wants a lager. We have a couple of ciders, um, but we are more, both just massive I think, I think pale. Fans when we really. were starting out as the pop up, especially as when we first reopened again, we were only doing weekends. Big seller obviously is IPAs, pale ales. So we were going down that route. But I think now that we've got the fridge, it enables us to broaden our horizons, get more things, get better stouts and sours, really sort of push the market. And really, I think everything behind here is kind of what we tend to drink all the time. But in the fridge and the bottle shop, we can allow ourselves to be a bit more flexible, even to those that are looking for just basic bitters or blondes. You know, we can get some of those in as well. Which, I mean, you know, if you wanted a list of breweries that we've had in, for example, you know, we get a lot of Magic Rock in, a lot of Verdant, uh, a lot of cloud water, day Colonel, uh, Northern Monk, um, Arbor. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I, I, yeah, I'll send everyone to sleep just by going through it all. But um, you know, we, we, as as Charlie's alluded to earlier, we're we're a free house, and we literally just get any beers we want in, um, and we look for the for the best ones we can get our hands on. Um, so, and, and and the good thing is we change. So you know. That's good and bad, I suppose, for some people, but you could literally walk in here on a, on a Friday and come back in the following Wednesday and totally. the bar will look completely different. The cask would have changed, the keg, oil, the keg lines will have changed. Um, so, yeah, it's all about trying to... You know, as, you know, we're small, but we try and give as much choice as we can. We've got six keg lines. That's, that's more than some bigger pubs have got. Um, and we try and chock them full of as good stuff as we can get on so... so. And if, and if you know, if people don't turn up, we just drink it. <laughs> you're, making a, you're making it sound really bad. <laughs> well, it's ours. We're I do like a drink. Yeah, like, definitely like a theme of Uh Well, guys, I mean, uh, the first time that I kind of stumbled in here, I was on my way into Shakespeare with a few friends, and we literally looked across the road and we were like, "This place looks quite interesting." Uh, and came in, and, and you know, we've we've loved it ever um, ever since. Oh, so, yeah, really anyone that's not been in, honestly, come and give this place a try. Um, yeah. Thank you for your time no, no today, worries. and the very best of luck for 2018. Cheers. Obviously, a massive big thank you to um, to Alan to Charlie for being our amazing host for the uh, for the first podcast tonight. Um, any thoughts on the beer that we're trying? It's, it's kind of a was it blueberry and <coughs> you can the, the blueberry's there isn't it I'm not, I'm not getting as much hop that for a black IPA I'd expect a bit more like a bit more fruity to, it. to finish yeah um, it's, it's very pleasant yeah. it doesn't taste what is it 7% um, I, I think it's yeah. sort of, there's blueberry in there but it's not too sweet there's not yeah, too much good. blueberry in there which is good you get the roast flavour from the darker, darker malt, from the black IPA side of things, but then you do get that bit of fruity mosaic just on the end. Mm. Uh, mosaic's a hop, isn't it? They're uh, renowned for its blueberry. Uh, yeah, I feel strong. Yeah. I think I just want a little bit more bite to it. I think. That's for me, it has quite. It has a little bit too much bite at the at the I mean, end. I'm not getting it on the, the on the palate. I'm, maybe it's a hop. Maybe it's, it's in a hop river. It's quite or. soft. But um, for me, I think it smells like incredible. But then I think the that slight bit of um, green hop character in the finish, I think, given a bit of time, will let the no, blueberry flavour come through a little bit more. Because I'm getting mainly on the aroma. There you go. Get told. <laughs> I'm not saying you're wrong. <laughs> no. I, I actually don't know what to make of it. It tastes a bit sort of biscuity to me. Just a biscuity. bit. Yeah. A yeah. Bit. It's got a bit of a sort of. It's a biscuit. It's sort of. It's What kind of biscuit? Do you know what? I've been trying to think of what kind of biscuit. And it's got a sort of Garibaldi. Oh, yeah, that fruit. You know, that's what I mean. It does have that sort of. 
basically a bit of with a bit of alternate They probably wouldn't be particularly happy to be referred compared to a Garibaldi. Which isn't the most exciting of biscuits, but nobody laser will listen to this anyway. Sure. I, no, I, do like, I don't think you can nice. drink too much of it, to be honest. It's worth trying, isn't it? It's one of those bits where you think, you know, like if, if you're into kind of trying different stuff, it's worth giving a go to. But um, we have got like a fruit theme going on tonight. <coughs> um, our next beer that we're going to crack open is um, is a, a, a Thornbridge fruit beer, but very different. Uh, this is one that you've picked out, Sean. Um, yeah, it's a. Uh, uh, a Thornbridge beer, as you've said, are uh, brewery based down at Bakewell, big presence in Sheffield with having a number of different pubs in and around the city. And each year they do a, a competition with Waitrose and um, it's a homebrew competition. And so hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of homebrewers across the UK send in their, um, their entries. And I've been lucky enough to be on the, the judging panel, uh, panel a couple of years are, uh, in, in selecting from the shortlist. Uh, they didn't uh, get down there this year, which is perhaps why a little watermelon sour beer has won it. It's not a natural one for me, but uh, <coughs> has, has been incredibly popular and has uh, received uh, uh, a great deal of acclaim in terms of reviews and, and ratings. For it. So the pressure is on us. Or, uh, a, a little bit on that one. There's one bottle, guys. If you want Something to I'd say about this beer, and um, I have tried it already. Um, my wife's a big fan as well. Um, yeah. I tried it for the first time where up in the the Hallamshire in uh, Crooksmore a few weeks ago, and it was the end of a, a Christmas pub crawl, and I was kind of stood at the bar thinking, what do I want? And you know. Most times, a bit of Haldenshire, which is one of my favourite pubs in Sheffield, probably my favourite pubs ever, thinking, just bring it on. And Tom, who's the landlord, a really nice guy, got a lot of time with Tom. He was like, have you tried the, um, this one? Oh, I, I've not, actually. And reason being that I wasn't massively big fan of the last two. Um, I liked the initial one. The first one was the Vienna IPA, yes, if I remember. Yes, yeah. And then, was it the Rhubarb Saison? And then was the Rose... Uh, yeah, raindrops. Oh, I, I, I never yeah, had that one. Roses. That's quite nice. Lovely. And I've always Ro- been a bit like, kind of, yeah. Um, this one, I, I absolutely, I genuinely think it's just a really, really, probably the wrong time of year for it, but it's a really, yeah, really it's a nice beer. It's, it's so really easy refreshing. to drink. I was definitely sat in the back garden then when I took my second little drink of that. It's delicious. So it's called Mr. Take Smith. Take that Barnsley sunshine. We never yeah, said what it was called. <laughs> no, we didn't. It's no. called Mr. Smith. Go- the winner, the winner of, the, of the event was uh, Mr. Smith. Is it Paul Smith? The, the winner. It says on the bottle anyway for anyone Josh. who wants to. Josh Smith, excuse me. Well, I think there's a Londoner actually uh, from memory. And uh, Mr. Smith goes to it. Um, I had this uh, idea before when we initially talked, you might not remember, but when we initially talked about doing this podcast, I'm like, we should get that beer in and have a game of Cards Against Humanity with that as the question. <laughs> so Mr. Smith goes to, and you'll play your best, uh, <laughs> yeah. best answer for it. But I did actually flick through the pack and there wasn't really anything yeah. funny in it. <laughs> Mr. Smith goes to Justin Bieber's penis, probably not the word. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's some of the cards I was thinking of there, but perhaps we'll mention them on the podcast. Not the Jay Goody one, don't get that. Yeah, no, no. Um, <laughs> it wasn't that one. Though, it was, yeah, anyway. What do you think, Chris? I have to say, I absolutely love this. Yeah. Um, what, what I tend to do is, is get something like this, especially and have it after I've had something quite dark or, or very multi or, or like a stout or something. But I love something that is absolutely going to rip the <laughs> taste buds off me. Mm. and feel like you know you've got that coming up in the back of your mouth and really making your mouth water and that's what that does for me I absolutely love it I'm probably I'm probably get some some I've been in the nose with it because the first drink was sure put me doing it just literally was whoa it's a bit of a, a shock to what you but I mean drank a few more I suppose, yeah, it's slugs of it it's getting, yeah it's, it's, I think that's always the case people are expecting something that's quite much like tar hmm. is that it's just that you're not expecting it always. You see this kind of pale looking beer and you're like, that's going to be like, oh, that's really like sharp. But, yeah, it's, yeah. but it isn't no, it's, sharp it's, in, the, in, yeah. in the grand scheme of things. It's a, it's a German style, a sour, a little bit of salt in there as well. Um, but 
what the winner for me is the watermelon on that. It's really, really good. good. Lovely, yeah, soft get watermelon. Well, watermelon is one of them flavours that can so easily taste really artificial yeah. or yeah. overpowering and it just works really well. And you could sandwich. lose it really easily as well, couldn't you? Because it's yeah. a, a flavour that's yeah. quite subtle. Yeah. Like you never yeah. think, that, oh, that's a really it's strong smell. Yeah. Yeah. It's more to it's more yeah. smell than it is sometimes, yeah. the watermelon. Well, I think that's... Watermelon's a bit like sort of raspberry where you become more accustomed to the the fake yeah. version of yeah, it, you know, yeah, sort of the bubblegum version of it yeah. rather than what it's actually like. And, and as you say, the water, watermelon there, once it sort of settles, you just get that... Because watermelon doesn't taste like an awful lot, really, if you no, think it about it. And you just have that very subtle... I'm going to say, normally when you're eating it, you're relying on the visuals. Yeah, exactly. The yeah, yeah, yeah. And the reds and the, the juice. Do you know what I'm trying down. to do? I'm trying to get rid of those bloody pips. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, for God's sake, I can enjoy this thing to pick all these pips out. Cause, uh, yeah. I, I do like it. Interesting points there because one of the beers of the last 12 months that I've been ever so slightly disappointed with uh, was Mango Halcyon. Uh, and I love Halcyon, but <coughs> I also love Mango. And I just didn't get enough mango from that. And I, I, you know, I saw the photos that they tweeted was, out about how many good. mangoes went into it. it was I'm like, good. I'm not getting enough mango from it. Yeah. Whereas this gives me enough watermelon. This is, you know, I've got the fruit taste. I've got that nice kind of goes as kind of yeah. sour taste that goes with it. So and probably the best compliment that I can give to this uh, is that I've got a bottle of it in my fridge at home. And as Sean will, will know, sometimes I've been in beer central. He said, oh, what about so-and-so? And I'll be like, no, I've tried that. And I'm, I'm very much about, if I bought a beer and I've tried it, I want to have something different. I don't want to have the same beer twice. Um, but I, I have, you know, I've got a second bottle of this at, at home in the fridge because I enjoyed it that much the first time that I thought I, I want another one of, one of those. So like all that needs now is um, some beautiful uh, early May sunshine. <laughs> it does. It's <laughs> like, um, and a nice, nice lawn. While we're on the phone, probably vanish before some. Yeah. While, while we talk about Thorn, I don't know if anybody's looked at their um, specials for the coming year. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah. Um, I put some on Twitter the other day. And I was kind of a little bit going on from the mango halcyon, halcyon being the regular halcyon being at what a seven point four percent IPA, which is bang on. It's yeah. it's it's really really good. Slight disappointment with the mango this year. We've, we've come in with a, a pineapple yeah, version. Yeah. What do you think of that, James? Yeah. Um, I, I, I think actually it's got exactly the same potential that, that Mango Halcyon did. I think that um, pineapple beers generally few and far between, um, and, and, and I would imagine that's because they're not that easy to do. It's not a flavour that's particularly easy to carry did you, with. Did you um, did you get around to trying the Abacaxi, which is the pineapple sour yeah. they did? I enjoyed that. I thought yeah. That was nice. I thought that was good. Yeah. So it I looks like it, it looks well. like we get another round of the special tart, which is yeah. we did last year, which is the blueberry passion fruit. Yeah, well, I never, I never tried it last year. I never year. Tried no, it I either. So I'm, that's one that I am really looking forward to, um, and I did want to to try it. And actually, yeah, I've, I've, a couple of times tried to find out somewhere where it was on, where I could go and try it. But the closest was like in Manchester, and I thought I like the sound of it, but not enough to go to Manchester. Some, <laughs> something to do with some kind of. <laughs> and nerdy facts about pineapple beer. Yeah. Yeah. Go on, then. Go on, then. One of the reasons I think it can be quite difficult to work with, there's an enzyme in pineapple called bromelain. Um, and unless you denature that, which I think if you use tinned pineapple, it's okay. If you chuck fresh pineapple in a beer, it's pretty much impossible to get any kind of head retention oh. in it. Uh, because oh. Is that why you might get people who are allergic to it? Because I know some people are allergic to raw pineapple Maybe. and then I don't know whether that's like. Whether it's like a fresh that's, thing. That's or my single bromelain fact, yeah. I'm afraid. But, um. Sure, you know. <laughs> it was an excellent fact. Can anybody beat that? <laughs> What was the word that you used again? Bromelain is the enzyme. Yeah, beautiful. That one. Yeah, beautiful. Bromelain is my favourite enzyme. Looking forward to that. Our sort of thought with this this podcast is as we go along, when we try a beer, to try and uh, use the beer to create something for us to talk about. Um, So Mr Smith goes to, and I just thought, well, clearly this is just asking for us to discuss our getaway plans for 2018 with maybe you know a bit of a half an eye on kind of beer plans for um for the year ahead chris have you got any kind of getaway plans this year um not particularly i'm hoping to go home to <laughs> belfast for a while and <laughs> some right? stage yeah yeah i'm hoping to go back to northern ireland for a little while at some stage which 
from a beer point of view, I'm looking forward to because when I left, the variations and then the types of pubs were all well, very samey, and they tended most of them to be controlled by by the big breweries. I mean, they were nice enough venues, but the but you know the 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 numbers of beers and the types of beers were, were you know it was Harp and Guinness and, and Smithix and whatever. And now, apparently, since I've gone, all these nice new. I wouldn't say hipstery, but a lot more sort of unique venues have been popping up all over the place, and there's a lot more smaller breweries that are that are putting their own bottles in and things like that. So I'm looking forward to it from that point of view because when I was last home, I could see this starting to get quite big. There's a, there's a brewery called Hilton Brewery, which is um, just on the outskirts of Belfast, and it was sort of starting to do things. It was doing things on its own a little bit, but now it's spawned this quite big I wouldn't say revolution but there's, it's been a few, yeah, there's been a few got across to the UK Boundary Boundary Brewery yeah, is from Farmageddon as well from Northern Ireland Boundary is from near where I'm from actually oh, right. yeah can, it, I think it's a cooperative it is yeah, yeah it is. Um, because I can remember actually being asked if I wanted to get involved and I wasn't too sure and it just went on and I wish I had it done now because even if I'd only just p- taken a small mm. stake in it would have been nice just to be involved in it but um, because it's run by, or was I think initially run by East Belfast Partnership, yeah. which is a just sort of they've, they've set up these small businesses to to regenerate the area. So yeah, that was a very long answer to. Will, will, you, will, will, you, for a will, you, will you pack a, a sixer just in case, Chris? Or? <laughs> <laughs> no, and you trust your hometown. I think hometown. I can leave my uh, <coughs> my northern Englishness <laughs> for, for a couple of days. We'll send you one by airmail. Yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah. Sean, what are your um, plans? Got to London for a couple of nights this weekend, uh, uh, and um, going to Jersey this year on holiday, which is not, I'm afraid, the the greatest beer destination in the world. Oh, Uh, uh, been to New York last couple of years, which is which is a, a different level, but we love Jersey. And, and interestingly, last time I went to Jersey two years ago, I had a, uh, a double IPA from the local brewery at five point six percent. Yeah, so that that, that <laughs> gives you a, that gives you a, a real indication. Uh, their IPA is just over four percent, so the double at four uh, five point six was it was sending people crazy across the island. But we uh, we look forward to going back nonetheless. Next weekend. I was nearly so. I, I thought it was the weekend after, which luckily I've just realised it's actually next weekend. I'm off to Poland um, to um, a place I'm struggling to pronounce still. Looks like Rawclaw, but it's actually pronounced something more like Rosslaff. Yeah. Um, That's really good. Rosslaff. Use that. Yeah. Yeah, I'll try That's that fine. one. So basically, apparently it's kind of like Krakow's like little little baby version yeah. of it. Um, Doing a little bit of googling because um, it's kind of with a work thing. It's a bit of a, a work event. Um, they always kind of go, "I'd know where it's good." And I'm like, yeah, "I know it's good where I live, <laughs> not particularly in a small little town in Poland." But um, doing a little bit of in, uh, initial looking this week, looks like some cracking little craft beer mm, bars. There's a real scene um, in Poland, especially really now. I think um, we actually work with somebody whose brother works in this actual place as well, and I think. I get the impression that it's a little bit of a hub for businesses as well. So I think it's got the market. It's got people who have got money and things who can do. So it looks like that could be good. Um, and then a few weeks after that, um, off to Copenhagen, which is probably going to bankrupt me because a combination of the beer prices there and the beer offerings there is um, does not Super do the math. Yeah, I went last um, year. Yeah, so you know, we've got the thing on the He's still paying it off now. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's me for the next, next couple of weeks. So I'll. Next month, I'll that's pretty of, cool. I'm think you're winning at the moment. So I'm winning, yeah, yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, so next, next, so the next podcast, I'll have been to Rothwaff, um, but I'll not been to Copenhagen. So I'll, I'll, I'll fill you in. If any bus, how much for your flights with bus? Were they um, good oh, I didn't pay for it. Work. All right, yeah. Um, um, but if anybody has been there and they want to give us a give us some, um, some tips, then yeah, hit us up on Twitter, which is what James at uh, Chef Hopcast double F. 
Double F, of course. Good, good, good. Obviously. Good, good. Rich, um, Rich, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've not got a lot of plans this year. I'm having a, a business that's only been doing about 18 months. Earning, earning a salary is quite interesting um, at the minute. So I've kind of, I've got a target for the year. And by Christmas, I want to get me and the kids and a, a friend of mine uh, off to New York. So that's my one destination that's kind of, that's going to happen because it's kind of on my visual board at work it's like this is where I'm going I'm going to New York at Christmas so that'll be my first thing um, <laughs> New, New York is in my, my plans this year um, so um, stuff that I'm looking forward to I'm actually really looking forward to well the, I said a friend I didn't mean uh, I'm taking you by the way I travel solo uh, okay, yeah. uh, I'm really looking forward to the Indie Beer Feast at the Abbeydale Picture House which is the uh, first time it's happened in Sheffield which is in March <coughs> Uh, which is right on my street, and almost literally right on my street. It's only like you know, five, five minutes away from where I live. Um, so really looking forward to that. Um, I am going to New York in June for the first time. Never been to New York before. So looking forward to that, and I will be leeching lots of knowledge from Sean. Um, but I've got a few friends over there who are really into beer, and I think I'm there for eight days. And I think like 18 breweries that we're mm. going to visit, and I'm like, well, how are we going to manage that in eight days? That's not it's easy. Um, I'm going to Germany for Berlin Beer Week in the summer, which I'm quite looking forward to. Um, been to Berlin a few times, but not been for Beer Week before, so that should be um, that should be pretty good. They're my plans. Well, our uh, last few years, our holidays have been pretty much exclusively beer focused, which has been absolutely brilliant. Uh, we've been to Colorado, Copenhagen, Dublin, um, Brussels, and went to Barcelona last year as well. But uh, I'm kind of ready for a holiday where it's not about what bro we're going to go to or finding the best bars. So uh, a compromise that uh, my husband and co-blogger Jim has given me is uh, we're going to go to Porto and drink port instead. I know, right? <laughs> but, Porto, Porto's good for beer yeah. as well. Oh, don't tell him <laughs> <you> that. <laughs> um, but then uh, we've got quite a lot of beer plans uh, in the UK. Uh, also looking forward to Indie Beer Feast and Sheffield Beer Week. Uh, we're going up to uh, Scotland in June for Fine Fest, run by Fine Ales. Which I'm massively looking forward to. Um, definitely going to try and make it back to Beer Town Malton as well, which, if you've not mm. been, is an absolutely brilliant, um, relatively small um, beer festival uh, run by Brass Castle and Bad Seed Breweries. Uh, but the beer range was fantastic, just really nice, fun weekend. Um, Possibly going back down to London as well to do some more Bermondsey, BMI things if we get a chance. So, yeah, plenty in the pipeline. Any travel agents out there want to approach us? We are available for sponsorship. We're very reasonable. We are in grace. You're calling us out again. <laughs> Well, there was so much to cram into our first episode, we've split it in two. So coming up in part two, we meet Lost Industry Brewing, discuss when a pint isn't really a pint, we try a few other lovely beers, and a taste test with a difference. 